I'm not going to survive this interview. I'm going to jump in the lake right now. You may get some emails from this. Welcome, friend. I hope your day is well, and I'm going to step out and say that I believe your day is about to get better as you hear this conversation. Ken Roberts has a passion to see Christ followers level up in Jesus, next level Christ following. I call it ultimate potential. But how do we practically walk this out? Do we do we get there by just attending church? Can we develop in Jesus with a casual, vague approach from week to week, month to month? Well, Ken has over 30 years experience in pastoring Christ followers. He's seen what doesn't work and what does, and he's now developed, he's brought all of that experience and and knowledge he's acquired, he's developed it into a practical pathway to help us all grow our new nature into our full calling in life. And he's talking about all of life. It's a holistic approach, not just a churchianity or a religious approach. This is Jesus Smart, the podcast, episode 28. The horizon we're questing after here is that Jesus knows how life works best and the future belongs to his kingdom. You can see the show notes page for this episode at jesussmart.com. Well, we sat outside by the lake in early August. You can catch part one of this conversation in episode 27. I believe you'll enjoy and benefit from the dialogue we had. Ken Roberts is a speaker, trainer, author, and coach, and he assists people in their personal growth and their spiritual development, even professional development, career development. Now, there's a special offer that he's offering to this audience, the Life Focus Online Course. I mean, all of us have felt scattered. You know, we've we felt like we can be running really hard, but we're not sure where we're going sometimes, or, you know, we feel like we're, we're getting nowhere fast, maybe. Maybe we feel stuck, and like time is slipping through our fingers. He's developed the Life Focus Online Course. You can see what it's all about at kenlroberts.teachable.com. KenLRoberts.teachable.com. Use this special coupon code NORTHSTAR2018. And instead of investing $197 into this course, which frankly is a deal, you can get it for $97 over this next month, 30 days. I would also encourage you to visit Ken's site at KenLRoberts.com, his website. Check out the course, though, KenLRoberts.teachable.com. I'm excited about this conversation. It very well could seed into you Jesus ideas and kingdom potential that can really release something beautiful and fruitful in your world. I think we've thought of becoming like Christ in a limited way. Can help me out with this. At least I have in my walk with the Lord. You tend to think of it as the fruit of the Holy Spirit, you know, being gentle, being kind, <laughs> being full of the love of God, being Christ-like, right? Christ-like nature. But I don't know that we thought about being Christ-like, like outperforming the world, for example, oh, or wow. being exploiting opportunities, hmm. right? Yeah. 
or 10xing or 100xing, you know, miraculous, you know, is that too Christ-like? I, I want to say that it is. I, yeah, I, I that's why is. that's why I'm kind of right, trying to write the books together because really form has to, to do about being. It has to do with the nature we are growing into. And again, we talk about becoming more like Christ. Uh, we all know from, a, you know, if we're going to church much or that background, Christian background, that we know we're supposed to. But there's not that much in a practical way given to help us. How do I become like Jesus? Okay. My my premise is, if you knocked on the door of a pastor's office and or many people sitting in the pew, and just say you didn't know much about Christianity, and you just said, hey, I think I get this Jesus thing, and I want to follow him. Can you tell me how to become like him? We would have a very difficult time answering that question. What we would do, and it's what we do a lot, is that I, I use this illustration. It's like taking marbles and throwing it on a, on a table. They scatter in all different directions. So we have, we would say to him, well, make sure you go to church. Don't forget the men's Bible study. <laughs> Keep attending church and you'll become like him. Hey, yeah, don't forget the men's Bible study. You know, we have a prayer group <laughs> yeah. on Saturday morning. Yeah, forgive uh, me. You, lose how, you know, yeah. learn how to tithe. All those things are true, but none of those things give anybody a template of not a not a success formula, but a template of how to become like Christ. Yeah. And, and the book I'm trying and to the write reason is— the reason we know that what you just said is true is because 9 out of 10 don't even know. Right. And they're attending church, right? Or they're self-identifying Yeah, and a lot of them are doing—we're doing a lot of the different things, but it's not, again, a connected template that helps in the process of becoming like Jesus. And I believe that the, that the Bible gives us a way— because Jesus wouldn't ask us to do something, you know, Romans 8, God wouldn't ask us to be more and more shaped into the image of his son and then kind of leave us hanging on how we're going to do there. That just breeds frustration. And I think a lot of people are frustrated because they know there's more of an abundant life. They know from the inside out we're supposed to become more like Jesus, but I ask you doing it. So that book is about form, is about a practical template. Mm-hmm. And so what are some of the practices? Can you break that down just a little well, bit? Well, I do a— That I, fit into that template. Yeah, I do a—I do call—it's called a circle of transformation. Okay. None of these would be new things that you haven't heard, but very few of them have ever been put together. Okay. Okay? And the first one is in the center, and the center would be the new nature. All right. Understanding and entering into— the transformation that's already, he's been giving me a new nature. When you're born again, a new nature. New nature's there. Is, is, is conceived. So I, I have the life of Christ, even if it's in seed form in me. And I use this illustration a lot. You know, if you, if a criminal goes to court and they get forgiven of their sin, their trespass because of a technicality, put them back on the street without a new nature and guess what's going to happen? They'll be right back into, into mm, court. Yep. That's not what God does for us. He forgives us but then he gives us a new nature. But we have to water and develop the new nature. It doesn't just automatically happen. So I think there's that's the center circle. So if you looked at a circle in the center, because that's what we want to grow. All right. The more we grow in that new nature, the more we're going to become like Christ. So if you go to 12 o'clock, then around the circle at the top, I would say it would, it's the ongoing development of the relationship with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. If you don't go there then we make it a success formula by the will mm. instead of this ongoing relationship we're cultivating with the Holy Spirit who lives within us, who directs us, convicts us, empowers us, illuminates us. So it becomes 
He's the one that helps us in this process of transformation. So that's where I go. If you go to three o'clock in the circle, <laughs> three o'clock would be would be the word. Okay. But I make a clear distinction here, and the word when I think about the Bible, the word I think of it as a doctrinal book and a devotional book. Okay. And I approach it using both. We need need good theology. You know, you're a great theologian, so we need to know, we need to have doctrine. We need to know what we believe and why we believe it. But oftentimes in the church, we leave it there instead of realizing the Bible is a living, breathing word of God that feeds our new man or our new nature. Yeah. And many people don't approach the Bible. Yeah. They, they have their devotions, but they're not getting the fuel to feed the new nature. Mm. And there's a whole way to do so that. So like they approach it as, and I've done this myself, inductive Bible study. Right. You know? But you can you can apply an inductive study method to any book, really, right? If if you wanted to, right. but inductive Bible study. Um, one great leader says, "Read the Word until you hear the voice of the Living Word speaking oh, to you." Oh, that's good. That's what I believe in the now moment. Yeah, and again, I wouldn't play down Bible studies, doctrinal purity. No. Those things are really important. Those are important. some baseline things. Yeah, that but we... the reason that that one is so important is because, and you would know this, kind of even back to personal development thoughts. Once we get a new nature then all other transformation starts in our mind. Okay, yep. All the scriptures, all the major scriptures show that about transformation. Ephesians 4, Romans 12, Colossians 3, you know, you go through it. Much frustration that believers have in wanting to become more like Jesus but not is you have to do the hard work consistently of renewing the mind. Yeah. Because it triggers everything else. So what do we do besides reading the Word to renew the mind? I mean, I, I believe in Scripture intake. I believe in taking time to dive deep. I believe in taking time to read wide, you know, just flat-out old-school Scripture intake, right? right. But what, what else can we do to renew yeah. the mind? Well, it's part of the application, and I would, I would, I would take it on further. Here's where I think it comes into play. If you go to, to 6 o'clock, and I'll bring, come back to this point. So if you go to 6 o'clock on the circle, yeah, that would be the— part of all of life is going to shape us. Mm. Okay. So at 12 o'clock, you have the Holy Spirit. Right. Three o'clock, the Word. Right. And six o'clock, all of life shapes yeah, us. Yes, shaped by life. Because here's, here's what happens. Most transformation, we know this, doesn't happen on Sunday morning. Okay. You know, hearing a good message, worshiping. It inspires, It inspires us. It, it can maybe. convict us, instruct us. It can, you know, do, do different things. But the application of that is going to happen on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, Saturday afternoon, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> and so really what we have to have a, a thought of that life, all of life is going to shape us. And that's really when I grow. I grow when I'm in the grocery line and I want to be impatient with the people in front of me because they're going so slow. That's when I grow in patience, gentleness, and kindness, not Sunday morning hearing about Galatians 5. Galatians 5 instructs me. So you so, obey the word, right? And you right. integrate it into your lifestyle that's, in that's, those moments. That's the key. Yeah. It, it's, it's like the word becomes you in a, in a sense, right. right? Yeah. And that's where it happens. So I think that's where renewing of the mind, it starts with renewing of the mind. Then you have to apply it in everyday life, big situations and small situations. And then if we went on around yeah, to, uh, to 9 o'clock, which is similar to 6 o'clock, but it's a little bit different, 
is practice, 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 practice. <laughs> One of the things I think the church has, and I, I pastored for a long time and I would have been guilty of it, we've left out the importance of practicing. We don't want to... What do you mean? Just consistent applications? Consistent applications. Or, or actually becoming somehow intentional in, in practicing in that way? Yeah. Like, Both of those. Yeah. I can give you an example. You know, I mean, there's so many scriptures about it. I think we don't want to move into self-effort, and I understand that. So we want, you know, so we really watch about the whole thing about practice, doing, 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 and we don't want just behavior, behavior modification. Yeah. But if you have a new nature in the Holy Spirit and the Word, it's not going to be. Yeah. It's going to be empowered by those things, but you still have to practice. You know, I say that usually illustration sometimes. You know, uh, why did Michael uh, Spitz? Is it Michael? Oh, swimmer. Yeah, Phelps. Phelps. Michael Phelps, yeah. 27 gold medals. How'd that happen? Practice, 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 Obscene practice. amounts of practice. And somehow we believe in the church world by being a disciple and being transformation, we don't have to practice. Just by going and doing, by osmosis, the transformation would occur. <laughs> and so I think tra- I think practice is one of the things we need to bring back. So that was a long answer, but you asked me. That would be what I would present as it's not perfect and we have all have different obstacles or barriers maybe to get all over in this. Well, but these, if you work them in a circle consistently, empowered by the Holy Spirit, we can become more like Jesus Christ. But they're tied together. I like that. I mean, it gives us a way to conceptualize, conceptualize it, it and, right, and to make it concrete as well through application instead of just like you say, hoping it happens or some kind of an osmosis. I, I frankly, I think. I think one of the greatest roadblocks to this, Ken, you tell me what you think. And I want to be careful because I believe in gathering with the saints. Yeah. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. But I think that uh, a big roadblock for us is that we've overvalued attending church. And I don't mean stop attending church. Right. And don't don't stop forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, especially as you see the day drawing near, as Hebrews says. But we've overvalued, we, we put too much stock in that. Right. Yep. Like like we've been there once or twice a week, maybe, or if you're average, 2.2 times a month or something. And we think that's going to make us like Christ, and it's not, you're saying. Right, totally. I, you know, and again, for pa- I pastored for you know 33 years, so and I believe in the church. I'm a church guy, but I, I totally agree with you with that. I would go back to the Ephesians 4 passage, you know, that the gifts were given to quit the body. But ultimately, verse I think it's verse 16 we have to be built up into him. And if we aren't helping people being built up into their own individual journey with Jesus, we're doing them a disservice. And sometimes the collective body okay. can disrupt that Ooh. instead of helping it go to that. How so? Well, sometimes people are built into a system. Okay. They're built into a structure. Uh, you're going to stoke another fire here now, but go They're ahead. built into a... Go char- ahead, just burn it all down. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> They're built into a charismatic personality. They're even built into a, uh, a vision. And then they may even be built oh. into a good, a, a, a noble cause. But all those things become a substitute for, are we really being built into Christ? And I just think sometimes that happens. Not always. It's not even leader's intent, I don't think, but I think that's what happened. Why do I need my own? I think you're 100.1% correct on that. I really do. (laughs) Yeah. 
Wow. Why, why do I need my own journey when I can kind of have it by osmosis just by being in a collective setting? Uh, you, okay, that's tweetable right there. You're going to want to <laughs> underscore that. Somehow uh, you're going to want to highlight that. I don't know how you do that on a podcast, but... Um Look, I now, now here's the deal. I mean, you're an advocate that every individual Christ follower needs to sort of find their North Star. Yeah. Right? Right. Which, which is their unique calling, assignment, their unique story, all of that. And yet, at the same time, they ha- we, we advocate that this be done in connection with a healthy community of faith. Right? Yes. We're not saying go out there all by yourself and find your North Star in Jesus and you're not connected with God's people. That's not going to work right. Right. Nor the other side of the ditch, if you will, you fall into, fall off the horse on one side or the other. You're saying that we that church could become a substitute. You just said that, right? Right. Mm-hmm. For finding your north star. Yeah. And so you can be all you know plugged into the house vision and plugged into attending church and maybe even have a sense of duty about it. And you, but but you're not happy. Right. You're not fulfilled. Yeah. You know your life's not singing yet. Right. So how do we marry those two? Well, I believe one. Of the, I believe one of the, the thoughts we need to rethink is really what it means to see people grow into Christ, and really even what it means to to someone to be discipled. Primarily, we think we thought about discipleship as being helping a person in their spiritual growth, which is key and it's the foundation, but it's limited. It's not the totality. So when I think of Brian, I think of how can Brian grow into all of who he used to be and all of what he used to accomplish. But that's, that's, that's his spiritual life. That's his marriage. Yeah. That's his apparent. That's his vocation. Health that's his wellness. I mean, exactly. Assignments. Yeah. That's his assignments. That's yeah. his contribution, you know, to the world. Right. Serving of others, contribution to the kingdom. So I think we have a limited, again, very narrow, very narrow view of really what it means to build people into the full back to identity again full identity of who we're becoming. So it must be that part of what you're doing is helping leaders to understand that, right? Yeah, just at least Pastors to think about it, yeah. Spiritual development Understand it, think about it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, and... I think we actually pervert, if I can just say this, sometimes the discipleship conversation are what we do in discipleship, and here's what I mean by that. And again, I'm a, I'm a church guy, I love the church, etc., but most of our discipleship methods and models are prostituted. Hmm. And I use that word on purpose. Ooh. That is, we'll, di- we'll disciple somebody if they will help feed our machine. Oh. So okay, I'll now, disciple. Now, now you're dropping bombs <laughs> on me. It's gone beyond fire. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to survive this interview. You may get interview. some emails from this. I'm going to jump in the lake right you now. You may just... get some emails from this. <laughs> but what I mean by that is we'll disciple somebody if they'll be on the worship team. Or we'll disciple somebody if they'll leave a, if they'll if they'll lead a life group. Sweet Jesus, help me. But that's not that's not the understanding, you know. Jesus when he called disciples, it was for the fullness of who they are, so ultimately they would make an impact in the kingdom. And so I think we have to rethink of discipleship as it being a holistic process My to the Lord, whole, to the holistic your person. Your message is so needed. It must go farther and faster your messaging, your your content that you're creating in my humble opinion. The Garden of Eden. You know, when Adam and Eve fell, they 
all of a sudden they felt all naked about it and they're running and hiding. And the Lord, probably Jesus himself, comes into the garden in the cool of the day and he's trying to track him down. <laughs> Adam, where are you? Right. Right? Yep. And, you know, eventually, oh, we, okay. He's trying to find him. And then in the Gospels, it says that the, um, that Jesus comes to seek and save the lost. Mm. He's seeking and saving the lost. Now, Ken, is there, I'm wondering, is there a sense in which when Jesus seeks and saves us, it's to get us back into the garden, so to speak, Eden, so that we can cultivate what we're supposed to cultivate, right? Totally. There's something unique we're called to release the potential of, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah, I think it's back to the same thought we had earlier, is that the thought of the gospel has to be larger than what we've made it. And that is, when he's seeking and saving the lost, it's just not somebody who's lost in sin, but we're we're, we're found and returned. yeah. To we've lost our assignment, our assignment, our process we've back to the garden. Our, we've fallen from our place of dominion. Right. We've we're, we're we're lost. We've lost our purpose. We've lost our meaning. Yeah, exactly. All those type of things. Our identity, and so Jesus is restoring that. Right. And we need to have you're saying discipleship models. Right. And we we need to have leadership understanding, which advocates for that. Right. Right. And rethinking what salvation is. Okay. Rethinking of salvation. It's not. It's not just a forgiveness of sins. It's not just a gospel of like sin management. It is obviously forgiveness. So I don't you know, but that's that's a limited yeah. understanding of what the salvation is. We are being brought back into redemption and the restoration process. Yeah. Totality of who we are and who to be, who who we're to become, and we're, what we're to accomplish. And that's what I'm trying to say in this book on focus. I'm trying to inspire again followers of Jesus, let's live a purposeful and fruitful life and let's redeem some of these principles. So let me give you a few of the principles here yeah. just a second if you would. You know, some of the some of the growth principles that I think have been taken and turned twenty percent, for example, in, in the book I do all the chapters by questions or the headings. So the first one I start with mm-hmm. is when will you die? And why I do that is simply Without us looking mortality in the face, we don't live a purposeful life. You know, again, Psalms 90, you know, 70, 80 years if you have the strength. So there's something about saying, I'm going to die. You're going to die. Everybody who's listening to this podcast is going to die. But for a believer, that's not morbid, but it should be a motivator. Okay. And the motivator is, okay, since I'm going to, since I am going to pass, it's like reverse engineering your life. Since I'm going to pass, I want to be fruitful now. And so... I think we all have to kind of consider that. Don't I push mean, it off. We try to push it off. You know, don't think about it. don't whistle, want to think about it. Whistle in the dark. It's not yeah. coming. Yes, it Even is. Even though we are people of faith, somehow we don't want to think about right. it. Right. Yeah. So that's a that's a principle, I think, to redeem. Yeah. To say, okay, I think uh, you're right. I'm going to pass. Was it David who said, show me how transient exactly. I am? Exactly. Totally. I mean, reveal to me, God, how, how short my life is. Yeah. And I've had a few of those, you know, uh, personally— experiences are getting back to my late wife passing you know 47 years of age one day she's there three days later she dies and she's not and uh, you wake up one morning and you know kiss each other and go off your separate ways and you get a phone call i've been to funerals this was another one that really hit me when in my 30s uh, i was went to i was invited to go to fun- you just went to a funeral today it was a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend i didn't know the person they asked me if i would come i showed up this is no exaggeration brian nine people at the memorial, mm. seven of them were forced to come. 
Oh, wow. He was an older man, had been mean, had a difficult life. You know, I read a psalm, you know, prayed a prayer. We put him in the hearse, took him to the ground, sprinkled a little dirt on him. That was it. And yeah. I left that. I was at the age of 33, and I left that thinking, I want my life to have meaning when I die. So we have to start with that principle, I think. Okay. That's the first one. The second one, let me give you, is, is an idea of what do you see? Okay. And that has to do with vision. And again, this is a very well-known personal growth principle. We have to have vision for where we're going to go, who we're going to be, mm. become before we're ever heading that direction. Mm-hmm. But from a biblical point of view, it's not simply visualizing it so you can actualize it. You know, mm. if you can think it, you can create it. You know, that's that's not a biblical concept. But the biblical concept of vision is two things. It's repentance and faith. Mm. Repentance is a new way of seeing and okay. a new way of thinking. Right. So it it is what do you see. Yeah. Yeah, that's what the word means. Exactly. What do you see? What do you see of how God sees you? Yeah. What do you see about your own life? What do you see about your marriage? What do you see about your future? I'm thinking of Philip who was brought to Jesus, and Jesus said, I saw you under the fig tree. Mm. And Philip goes, my Lord, my master. Yeah. And Jesus goes, you think that's big? Yeah. You're going to see the angels ascending and descending. So he tells them, you're, you're, you're going to see bigger things, yeah. right? Yeah. It's by revelation, isn't it? Yeah, it is by revelation. Yeah. So that principle is true. So you have to start with, when will you die? Okay, I'm going to, so I want to be personal. But then you have to go, the next one is, what do you see? Right. What, what vision do you have for your life? Yep. What vision do you have for your future? What about writing it down, Ken? I mean, Habakkuk says, you know, totally. record the vision, write it plainly. Somebody spoke that recently to me just in a conversation, and the word plainly just was highlighted. Yeah. Make it plain to yourself, you yeah. know, clear. You may know these stats, but if you just have a vision in your head, a goal in your head, you are 15 to 20% li- only only 15 to 20% likely that you'll reach that goal. Right. If you write it down, put it in a visible place, it goes 40 to 50%. If you have somebody that's going to walk with you in it, yeah, coach, trainer, like accountability, accountability it. Yeah. it goes 70 to 80%. That's incredible. So you're, you're exactly right. Wow. Vision, so you have to declare it. Yeah. That's that's what I see. That's where I want to go. That's who I want to become. Yeah. That's what I want to accomplish. That's what's in my heart. But then writing it down and doing it. Mm. And then the other concept with what do you see biblically is the era of faith. It's the same type of thing. Mm. We see it and we don't see it. That's what faith is. Mm-hmm. It's there, but it's not here yet. It's and like so, you get the title deed to it right. before you actually see it manifested. Right. Yeah. So the idea is recapturing these biblical principles that yeah. are really important for ongoing growth, but taking them back through the proper mm. biblical grid. Mm. So, right. And then the, the third one is then, uh, is I use, what has God said? And this would be very different than, you know, for many uh, in personal development, obviously. But what has God said mm. about us? You know, about who we are, and then what has God said to us? Mm-hmm. I get my purpose out of God's leading in my life. I don't simply create it, grab it out of the air. Hey, I think I'm going to be like this or be like that, or I read this book. It has a lot to do with his ongoing direction and word in I my love own it. life. I was speaking with a Christian leader yesterday, and they were saying something that really challenged me. They were talking about the conception of their church. It's maybe... 25 or 30 years old, but they said all all these major points in the development of our church was at the word of the Lord. Yes. What they meant was there was a word of prophecy or there was some kind of a spirit impression or right. something which they call the word of the Lord. 
And so I, my takeaway, and I discussed this with them on even, a, tell me what you think, Ken, even on a personal level, is that as we begin like a new initiative or a new sense of direction or we should get a word from the Lord on it. Yeah. So that it becomes a spiritual thing. Right. Right? Totally. And not just an idea that we come up with. Yeah. And I, fi- I think if we learn, you know, to position ourselves to hear, mm-hmm. and you can cultivate that no matter what your persuasion is in different camps. Right. We would all say we're followers of Jesus. Therefore, he speaks to us in different ways. But yeah, we have to live out a purpose out of what God has said about us and what he has said to us. So that's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. But that's where, because here's the idea. If God has said, quote, said something to me, <laughs> it gives me faith. Yeah, that's how faith comes. I can do it because he said. It, it gives me grace and enablement. You yeah, know? It absolutely does. And the last thing which is important is it also brings me to a place of if he said it, then I only have two options. I can obey or disobey. <laughs> yeah. So Now look at Peter in the boat. Peter actually encouraged the Lord to say something to him, didn't uh, he? That's good. I mean, come on. He said, Lord, if that's you out there, tell right. me to come to you. That's true. And one word, come, uh, and, G- and Peter walked on it yep. for a while. Right. <laughs> Got to keep your eyes focused on the Lord. But should we do that with the Lord? Should we get before the Lord and say, Lord, I don't feel like I've been hearing any personal words from you, but I want you to talk to me about these things. Yeah. Give me a word. Totally. And I believe you will. Every year I, I try to posture myself to hear what the Lord is saying for me from that year. And then all throughout the year, obviously. Sure. But almost always, I think it's, you know, it's just because I, I, I slow down, I quiet myself. It's the beginning of a new year and really ask the Lord, what are you saying to me for this year? It's, it's a powerful thing to do. And it, yeah. I'm able to follow behind that. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you, that's, that's the, I think the third or fourth, you know, principle, but what has God said? And then uh, what do you want Again, that has to do with a lot of things about passion. What do you desire? What do you, what do you desire? What has God put in your heart? Do you do, even know what that is? Do you is? find that people are slow to desire? Do, oh, they feel, do they feel guilty about it? What's what's the problem? Well, two sides of that. I would say in the process that I take people through and some of the coaching that I do, it's usually the most difficult part to most people. When it gets to asking what their passion is, they either don't know, they've never gone there, or they're afraid of it. Mm-hmm. It's one or the other. They're afraid of it? They're afraid of it, meaning... And from a Christian, you know, uh, shaping of their own theology or their mind, is passion something I should follow? I see. Is it trustworthy? They haven't given themselves permission. Is it wrong? What's it driven by? Is it ambition? I love Dallas Willard's book on guidance, developing a conversational relationship with God. Right. One of his first. Have you read that one? Yeah, uh-huh. And in that book, he says, look, guidance is like a continuum. If right. you're over there, if you're down there like Gideon asking for fleeces, right. That's a low-grade form of guidance. You're like a baby. Yeah. On the uh, on the far other end of the continuum is he's going to guide you through soft impressions, wow. and he's going to intermingle his thoughts with yours. Right. And it's going to feel like you're thinking it. Yeah. You know. Right. But if the mind of the Lord is developing in you, exactly. Right. That's that's where and I go. We got to yep. give ourselves permission to go there. That's exactly yeah. where I go. And it brings us back to the whole form thing and the whole you know on on this process of restoration is that more that we move into this, the more the branch and the vine intertwines. Okay. And you can't hardly tell them apart. Yeah. And his will is our will. Yeah. And our desires and dreams are his for us because he put them in our heart anyhow. But it is a it is a process of maturity. I, I, I think it's I think it is a little bit dangerous when you're not in the process of, of restoration and you're just trying wanting to do it on your own. It's your own selfish desire. 
But I think we have to get to a place where we can trust the pleasures and passions that God has given there because it's part of the redemptive process and it's part of our restoration back to the garden. I love it because you're designed for it and he awakens those desires in you that he's placed in you, right? Right. And it becomes your desire. Exactly. That's but, what I believe. But but it's part of his design. Right. And uh, But you have to be in a process of renewal. Yes. The renewal of the mind. And would any, you say it's worth any cost to get there? Any cost to get there. I believe it I is. I mean, in terms of, you know, time that we may spend with the Lord or yeah. in the Word or, you know, spiritual disciplines. Even. Yeah. I mean. And that's the that's the, the next point I think I make in the book is, you know, uh, what will you pay or what's it worth type okay. thing. And that really comes down to discipline. So it, that's the same principle. You know, it goes back to building the right habits. So there's a cost to this thing. There's a cost to this thing. But I want to, at the end, hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. And even in this life, I mean, yes, it's a cost, but it's a massive investment that pays huge dividends. It pays dividends in so many different ways. Yeah. Do you know that even all the, the uh, research shows, what from whatever persuasion is behind the research, meaning it doesn't have to be a Christian persuasion, that people who are living out of purpose are healthier mm. and happier. Sure. So even the benefit and in probably our own their, life. Probably their relationships are better. Yes, all those things. All kinds of residual effects. So even in their own life, yeah. uh, in our own life, here and now, just living out of purpose has and, meaning. And Ken, we should be demonstrating the excellencies of oh, our God, shouldn't we? we? Yes, we why? should. <laughs> I mean, when we look at these stats, like from Barna Research, or why are we on the, uh, we're on the bottom side of this? Right, yeah. I mean, this is tragic. It is. Again, I go back to my thesis of the book, is that I believe that followers of Jesus should be the most purposeful and most productive people on the planet. But I'm, I'm not sure we are, but the, the whole conversation, <laughs> the whole conversation we're having here is to provoke us to really rethink that. Absolutely. Oh man. But not to buy into again, just the world system of what that means. No, but the kingdom's understanding of what that means. These are, these are Jesus ideas. These yes, are they kingdom are. concepts yeah. and they've been sort of corrupted and used in a different worldview. Exactly. Right? Right. Not for the glory of God and right. not for the story of God. They've been used in you know, a new age way or a humanistic way or whatever. Yeah. But um, I, I tell you, we should, I mean, we are redeemed. We're under a, a covenant. Yeah. And we should be living, we should be the head and not the tail on this yeah. stuff. You've, you've, uh, you've inspired me today. I'm, <laughs> I'm more motivated than ever. And I was pretty motivated about this stuff. I don't know, man. I'm I'm provoking myself. Uh, I, I I get around these ideas and start talking about them, and I I it's a mixture of uh, faith and provocation and anger, you know, frustration. That yeah. that um. Well, well, Brian, part of my uh, part of my assignment, and even when I was pastoring, has always been uh, you know a practitioner. I've always been okay. That's a great idea. That's a great theological yeah. point. But I've always been one. How do we do it? Oh, yeah, we got to get there. And both of these books are around the same thing. It's so how does like, it work, Ken? Is it like first we have to conceptualize, right? Yes, we, we have do. to do conceptual kingdom thinking, right? Exactly. But then we have to get concrete and practical. Get concrete, flesh practical. it out. Exactly. Make it work. Yeah, yeah. You're exactly right. And both of those are needed. And, yeah. And you have people who are designed to do one or the other, maybe maybe both, but usually one or the other. Mm. And mine has always been okay. How do we how do we do this? How do we how how do we do be fruitful? Okay, we're supposed to be. How do we do it? Or we're supposed to become like Christ. Okay, how do we do it? And give some really 
thought to those things. What do you recommend that people do, Ken? Should they form little reader groups around your books? studies, Bible studies, or, or, or book groups. I, I kind of like book groups. If yeah. you find a really hot book that's resonating right. with a cluster of people, yeah. gather around it, discuss it, read through it. I would it, highly recommend that. because what we said, over each yeah, other. What we said earlier, we, we do it best on, on journey with others. Yeah. And so doing something like that would be a great way to do it. Uh, you're aware I have, you know, some uh, an online course uh, that's connected around that as well, you know, as that people could the also. Life fo- or my life focus online coaching course. Right, yeah. And what that, I, I, I got to tell you, folks, I know the person that helped can put that together, and it is a high-quality, high-level course. Yeah. Appreciate you, that. You will, you, will, yeah. you will be impressed with this course. Yeah. Is there a dedicated website for that course yet, or is it yeah, part should, of your revamp on your current site? They could go to kenalroberts.teachable.com. Uh, dot teachable.com yeah very good and they'll find it right there all right if they don't find it there they can go to my website which is kenlroberts.com okay kenlroberts yeah. we'll include all these links in the show notes page so kenlroberts.com is sort of your mothership your home right, base exactly. right exactly yeah online and uh it's a great looking site now but i understand it's being renovated and That's enhanced right. and going next level right but um again what was that url for just the course itself KenalRoberts.teachable.com. Yeah. Teachable. Go right there and they'll see it. Fantastic. And I put that together because that's what I was doing with my one-on-one coaching. Yeah. And helping people find their North Star, mm-hmm. taking them through some of these modules that would help them, you know, mm-hmm. kind of figure that out. Yeah. And so it's just an easy way to do it, and you can go there and find it. And I think it would help people a lot. And let me help you out with something because I, I'm, I'm a very frugal person myself. Okay. I'm kind of thrifty. Yep. I'm slow to release money. Ah. Okay. I, I just currently released, I made a commitment over 700 bucks to a course that I'm in now. Wow. But I know it's going to pay dividends. Yeah. And I and I, I got to, I, I don't know what your course costs. It really doesn't matter to me. But the principle is invest in yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's dividends. The, I mean, if, you know, if you're talking relational dividends, health dividends, happier, end of life satisfaction. Yeah. <laughs> next life rewards come on i mean yeah. talk let's let's talk about dividends there investment yeah, yeah. well mine's one, 197 you know just to that's it prices and yeah exactly so if you think about that's not much for an online course if really. you want to focus your life yeah and live a more fruitful life Starting with a 197 investment is a very small investment. No, yeah, it's nothing. But you, you've either got to be serious about it or I not. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the issues we're talking about, it's nothing. And, and we spend money, like, on stuff all the time that just right. adds up like junk. Yeah. Uh, my goodness. So you would recommend people get clustering around your books and doing, like, um, reader groups and praying over each other. You would obviously recommend this online course. What other practical steps? I mean, go to your website. You have content on your website. Yeah, right? you Articles. can go to my website, kenelroberts.com. You know, there's there's other... Uh, do you have a YouTube channel yet? Uh, Is I that do. coming? Yeah, I do have a YouTube channel. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and what, just search for Kenel Roberts yeah. on YouTube? Okay. And um, I have other practical stuff on my website. Those books will be there as well. I have uh, different coaching options as well. So if people wanted to get involved in, in helping with the, you know, somebody that uh, one-on-one help them with coaching, all those packages are there as well. But I love doing this, you know, Brian. I, I know I'm in my sweet spot. I know I'm in my purpose right now. That's where you feel the energy the That's most. That's where I feel the energy, the grace. I, I love helping people in a very practical way in this whole area of focus, helping them find their North Star so they can have a fruitful life, and also in the area of spiritual growth, this whole area of form, practical ways to become more and more like Jesus. Yes. So, Absolutely, man. 
I love it. I, I'm so appreciative of what you're doing. And, and you know, what about influencers and leaders? Obviously, read your books. I would recommend. <laughs> I would recommend taking the course. I would recommend maybe seeking out consultation from Ken, you know, like a pastor or other influencers, communicators. Um, but, you know, yeah, somehow... in, in my purpose and what I have to offer, it's all it will all be shown on the website. But I can share that just a little bit. You know, again, my whole thing is helping you grow. And then there's really three different audiences that I do. One is lives, and I call that living on purpose. We talked about that a lot. The second one is leaders, and the byline there is helping leaders live well while they lead well. And that means from a holistic life. Actually enjoy your life while you lead. Yeah, and healthy from the inside out. And so I help a lot of leaders there. And then the third area audience is really called partnering with local churches for ongoing health and growth. And that's what it really is. It's not a consulting idea, a firm. It's a relational thing where some of these conversations that a lot of pastors are having about their churches and how to build discipleship and, you know, how to live out a greater purpose and what is the church really supposed to look like today. I love to have those conversations really partner with local churches. So lives, leaders, local churches in those areas. I I have some background, too, not at the scale you did, but in pastoring as well as in church staffing. And I, I would like to challenge leaders of churches not to think of discipleship for your own silo only. Yeah. I, I, I know that's a hard thing to say in here. Yeah. You touched on it earlier. You know, how can I disciple you so that I can use you in our system right. for our house vision? Right. If you will trust and if you will flow with Jesus and just trust him with his people and disciple them for their North Star, and actually God will bless you. Yeah. Do you believe that? I totally believe that. Instead of clenching and grasping, if, if you just release and sow and become a father yeah. like that, yeah. You know, not a selfish father, but a but right. a, but a generous father. You know, I have children too. I know what it can be like to be a selfish father. I'm going to correct you because you're embarrassing our family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, versus giving training and admonition because this is for your good. Yeah. Right? Right. Kind of a difference there, but um Yeah. <laughs> totally. Wow. Anyway, yeah, I would encourage leaders to 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 really become more generous. Yeah. with God's people. I think it's a I think it would be a great motivator in your by in your spiritual family and your spiritual community because most people want to grow but they want to grow in a holistic way and I think we take that approach I think we're going to be really surprised what may what may happen in local churches when we take that approach. Yeah. And even as brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, fight for each other's dreams, you Yes. Know? Make ha- help that's make good. happen for others what that's, you want yourself. And so kind of band together. John Eldridge talks about this, yeah. you know, like you know, get in each other's corner and fight for each other's dreams and, and, and encouragement and prayer and, you know, helping bring information to each other. Um, there's many ways we can we can move forward with this. Wow. I appreciate it, Ken. We need to talk more about some yeah, of these things. Well, I'll do it again. I, we'll, I appreciate we'll it you. Again. appreciate who you are, what you're doing. We'll get the, we'll pursue maybe other edges and things that are developing other horizons, but. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, well, would I'm you mind being here? I love your setting here, man. <laughs> that's a great setting. Uh, it is nice. A little bit of the new heavens and the new earth right, right here, here, just already. a little bit. Maybe that's why we got talking about heaven so much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're talking about here. We're uh, talking about the long view. Yeah. So, would you mind praying for, for those sure. who are listening? Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that'd be great. Father, we thank you. You're a good God. You're a great God, and we thank you for uh, redemption. We thank you for the redemption story. And Lord, we thank you. Even we've talked about, we're not just uh, redeemed 
for salvation, but we're also restored for a purpose in the kingdom, and we're all in the process back to mm-hmm. what it was like in the garden. Lord, I ask that uh, people who have been inspired by this, you know, have been uh, challenged by this, Lord, that you will now give them uh, other people who will come along their path to further water this, further help this, and also, Lord, any of the tools that we've talked about, if those helpful resources, as well as the leaders that are listening to this, Lord, may that not be discouraged or feel, you know, uh, condemned, but may they be um, maybe challenge their thinking in a in a different, uh, broader way, and Lord, help them as they're leading and on the front lines, and also, Lord, just with local churches as well, that will continue to build yeah. uh, spiritual families that are um, whole, empowering, empowering, yeah. healthy, growing for the purpose of the kingdom, mm-hmm. and we ask it in Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. Amen. Winning families, man. Winning families. Families that know how to win. Yeah. Encourage each other to win. That's wow. Good. Well, listen, share this with somebody that you know would enjoy this and really benefit from this conversation. This will actually be carved up in the two episodes. So, uh, but, but share it, use social media, you know, um, teach others how to listen to podcasts, show them how to download a podcast app and start grabbing podcasts off of Stitcher, right? Or iTunes, uh, right. iTunes, right? Right, iTunes. Uh, Podbean, I mean, it's it's a growing movement. Podcasting is exploding. And uh, do you know, Ken, that it's proven demographically that uh, podcast listeners, regular podcast listeners, are significantly above others in income and in educational levels and development that. levels. Well. Yeah, I need to listen some more then because they're driving and they're they're, they're listening and you know listening and learning. They're they're exercising and listening and doing chores and listening and uh, you can put it right in your earbuds and do other things while you while you listen. I know I benefit a lot. Well, thanks, Ken. I appreciate you. You're welcome. You. It's been awesome, you. man. All right, man. I'll, I'll invite you back. Oh, I'll be back. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye bye. For me personally, during this conversation, I could really feel motivation and inspiration coming into my my spirit, really, into my mind as well. I really appreciate Ken and his capacity for dialogue and coaching, which moves the needle, makes a difference, helps us to get to the next space, the next place. Friend, you can go back and catch part one of this conversation, episode 27 and don't forget the special offer to Jesus Smart listeners, the Life Focus online course. Find out what it's all about at kenlroberts.teachable.com. Use that special coupon code NORTHSTAR2018 and invest only $97 in this high-quality course. Save $100. The offer is good for 30 days. Thanks, friend, for rating, reviewing, and following this podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube. It's now on Overcast. It helps others discover the content to see if it's a good fit for them. Plus, it keeps you connected, and we really want to stay connected with you. Here's an idea. You can grab a screenshot of this episode right now and push it out on social media. Tag it with North Star, maybe Jesus Smart, maybe Be More, Do More, whatever tags you would like to put on it and release it out there into the wilds of the world wide web. Visit JesusSmart.com to see the show notes page for this episode. You can leave thoughts and questions there. There's also a contact page to reach out directly. And I want to encourage you to also explore a special series that we're on. These are mini-sodes, Apostolic Christ Following. If you go to JesusSmart.com, you can plug into the series there. 
I'm excited for the edges that we're pushing on there. In this, what we feel the Holy Spirit is releasing into the, the planet today, into the body of Christ, apostolic Christ following. As always, with Jesus, our horizon is brilliant. Make it a smart week and all the best until next time.